0: Being a nurse and seeing patients and seeing the certain diseases that they were going through, I think it gave me perspective um, and introspection into myself to try to see what aspects of my health I could do better. And so initially I was going there to work out and to exercise and learn how to do aerobics a little bit better, maybe a little bit of high intensity, but um, the amount of soul care that was also provided was a little bit more profound for me than I initially thought it would be. And the amount of people constantly walking and walking in that type of attitude and trying to teach you how to walk in that attitude is also very refreshing. It's very soul-filling, it's very spirit-filling, knowing that they're not just here to get your body well, they're here to care about your mind, about your spirit, about your families, about everything that encompasses that person. everybody and welcome to another episode of the revelation wellness podcast we are revving the word today and i wanted to thank you that was rachel you guys rachel sharing her story of why revelation wellness and hey if this is going deep for you we really are praying you into instructor training the harvest is plenty and the workers are few i know that you might think well what's the point elisa you have a podcast you can reach the world if you want to but nothing God is not calling us to uh, vaporize into the ether of the digital world he's looking for flesh and blood people uh, and people are looking for you so f- becoming a fitness teacher gospel teacher revelation wellness instructor excites you in any way or makes you want to throw up <laughs> then that is the voice of God calling you in front and facing your fear, right? Because fear tries to keep us from doing the thing. So instructor training is happening. It's enrolling now. Uh, Thank you to our partners who continue to to fund and help us uh, disciple a nation, disciple of the world through fitness. But we are looking for some leaders now, so don't delay. Um, this really kicks off our enrollment season. Our enrollment instructors are excited to talk with you, to pray with you. Even if, um, just make that phone call. Just talk with someone if you're not even sure. You're like, I know, I know I'm supposed to, but if you have those, I, I feel the tug, but go ahead and have that phone conversation. I promise you'll be blessed by it. I promise you will be blessed by it. Um, I, I made this post yesterday on my Instagram. Remember, you guys can follow me over there. This is my personal account, but I posted this. It says, let's start a much needed revolution. Start viewing physical exercise as moving meditation. The movement allows you to remove the batteries in your smoke alarm, part of your brain, otherwise known as the amygdala. It's the place where you hold all your trauma all the places where life didn't go the way it should you can calmly step back from yourself to observe yourself if you make it your goal to do so otherwise with physical exercise it becomes way too easy to float away into a sea of endorphins where when you were made to jump in the hope boat grab an oar and navigate your way upstream into a higher level of wholeness and consciousness When having a bad day, week, or season, you can bet your rational mind is trying to tell you something. There's a narrative inside your body. And without faith, unlocking reason, your body will do what your body does, guards and protects. What does moving your body do for you? So those those are just the ponderings of a fitness teacher gospel preacher. It is not about the fitness, but everyone has a body, amen? Everyone has a body. What are we doing with this body? Uh, It is not the place, it is not the thing we worship, but it is where worship occurs. It's God dwelling in me. So that is what we will do today together. Move these bodies and find out the bigger, get inside and interested into the narrative that's inside of us. Uh, You guys, I know that this is, this is is what I'll be doing the rest of my life I'm coming out of a personally hard season <laughs> it's just been another shipwrecked moment the unexpected happen and when the unexpected happens we are quick at least I'm quick to raise a fist against God and say how could you why <laughs> I'm not there yet I have not arrived into the land of my first response being oh the Lord is so good like I know he is but I need a moment amen Anyone? I need a moment to breathe, to reorient, and I know that when I move my body, not as uh, like, I gotta burn this many calories, I'm getting weak in my back, or whatever it is, you can pay attention to those things, but how about just entering in with thanksgiving and praise, and, and being more interested in what's going on inside of you, yeah? So I know that brings healing for me and I hope it does for you today. We will do some endurance today. So this literally, go for a walk. Just go for a walk. Don't turn off your calorie counters. Don't get stressed that it's supposed to be something. Um, Just move your body. We're gonna go deep today. I believe there'll be some major healing happening. Some restoration, (laughs) some fruit is gonna be planted and grow in your garden where it feels like weeds, thorns, and thistles. Okay. All right. Let's get going. So just start moving your body. Go for a walk. Uh, no exertion today. No rate of perceived exertion. Nothing. Just notice that you're not s- sitting on the couch. Amen. <laughs> you're gonna stay in motion for 30, 45 minutes. This podcast will be about. The the moving itself will be about 35 minutes, but you're free to just do what you can do. All right, let's get the playlist going. In three, two, one, play. All right. So like I was saying, Instructor Training starts August 20th, get in there. Don't wait, it'll be here before you know it. Have that phone call. Oh, another thing, At the, the last song today, you guys, the very, very last song. It's one of my favorite all-time songs. It just sinks me into the ground and causes love, the love of God to just wash over me. And it's by my friend, JJ Heller. And if you don't know who she is, go to iTunes, download some goodness. JJ Heller. Her and I will be doing a Rev On The Road together, a live event together, the end of August. Would love to see you there. It's gonna be Nashville, Franklin, Franklin, Tennessee, not Nashville, it's just outside. You can get your ticket now, reserve your spot. It will sell out August 24th and 25th. I'll be seeing you, Tennessee. you guys everyone deep breath inhale exhale lift the corners of your mouth God thank you here we are by faith through faith in need of more faith today God So come do in us what you've longed to do. Tear down the dividing wall of hostility, the wall that separates us from each other, God. Us from you and us from one another. Tear it down, God, tear it down. We wanna exchange our ashes for beauty today, God. And we just, (laughs) we don't know how to do it ourselves, so God, do it for us, save us, heal us, change our minds, free of condemnation and shame, in Jesus' name, no condemnation, no shame. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say, Amen. Amen. So we're going to be in Genesis 41, and I'd encourage you to head back there and read all about Joseph, Joseph, fascinating character of the Bible, Joseph, remember the Bible, I love it, how do we know it's true? Because if I was to write it, I would discount all the ugliness. (laughs) I would remove all the shortcomings of humanity. If I wrote it, if I was trying to be God. But not our God. He includes the narratives of humanity warring against itself. Turning away from God. Pursuing their own gods, fearing, prideful living, unbelieving, lying, cheating, stealing, killing, come on, all of that. So the Bible will make you uncomfortable when you read it. We read about the story of Joseph. The son of Jacob. And I have to tell you, you just and read the Bible from, well, from the beginning, <laughs> from Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Rebecca, Jacob, Rebecca, Leah. <laughs> Right, all these human people that God said, I'm working it out, you're mine. My eyes on you, if you can hear my voice, it's because I love you, I'm pursuing you. And he's making an example of a people, the Israelites. And at this point, Joseph's father, Jacob, who wrestled with God, And he was, listen, Joseph comes from a line of swindlers, liars, cheaters, and they loved God. You know what? God loved them. God's presence was with them. God's favor was this them because God was going to be true to God. God made a promise over himself with Abraham, I will make you a great nation. So God's being true to God's Word. Isn't that amazing? God's true to God's Word. No matter what has been said to you, over you, or no matter what you've said, God will be true to God. So Joseph, the son of Jacob. Jacob, a swindler, a liar, but a man we had the favor of God on his life. And now Joseph inherits the same favor. And God gives him a vision. This little boy Joseph with 11 other brothers gets a vision. And it's a vision that he will rule and he will reign over his brothers. Now, you can go debate, should Joseph have ever shared that with his brothers? Because we know then, jealousy started in the heart of his brothers. Which let's just all check ourselves right there. Right? When I hear someone else's dream, or good news, someone else gets what I'm quietly hoping for, because I'm pretty sure all these brothers would have loved to been Ruling, reigning, secretly. Maybe they didn't give it words and maybe they didn't have a dream or a vision yet. So dreams and visions, you guys. Dream. I declare. I make this decree. The dreams, the visions return to the people of God. Right now. Dream. Draw. Imagine. Create. And Joseph has one. But his brothers are jealous. And maybe Joseph should have never said anything. I don't know. But either way, it created animosity. And Joseph's brothers, his big brothers, and jealousy. Now also, Joseph was like the favorite of his father. There's just a lot of sickness inside these boys going on. Right, and so it is with us there's things in me things I don't like things that were said things that I saw things that should have been done differently but but God he takes everyone's narrative everyone's story and writes it for good everyone no matter how bleak Vacant, dark, or absent. God's favor has seemed to be on your life. God says, nope. I think the ones where it's been the most bleak are the ones that he's been, he wants to do the greatest things with. Just look at Paul in the Gospels. Saul turned Paul. Hating God to saving the lost, those who were just like him. So Joseph gets sold into slavery by his brothers because they were sick and tired of the dreamer. So I'll fast forward. Basically, everything goes off the rails for Joseph. Nothing about his life. Looks like he's gonna be some sort of great leader that others will serve, honor, and obey. Nothing. Sold into slavery. There are these moments, though, where you see leadership in his life, where he's serving Potiphar, a leader in the Egyptian culture. He gets favor from Potiphar. Basically, Potiphar goes, oh my gosh, I have found greatness in my servant, Joseph. I can relax, because God is with him. And this is a man who isn't even serving God. Potiphar recognizes the favor on Joseph's life. Something's different when Joseph's here. Listen, you guys, this is true for you. Something's different because the favor of God rests on you. So we count it blessed when we show up in situations that look bleak and dark. It's our assignment. It's not our curse. It's our assignment. Eventually, through the mishaps and the the faithfulness of God, Joseph's life's roller coasters up and down, from becoming a servant to becoming a prisoner, wrongly accused. But still, the favor would not leave Joseph alone. (laughs) Right now, that's what's happening with you. The favor of God is not going to leave you alone because God has made a promise to himself concerning you and your generations to come through you. Yep. So we're all Josephs, dreamers, doers, prisoners, once of darkness and now of hope. And eventually it's true, Joseph's dream comes true. He rises to leadership, second in command to Pharaoh, to the enemy. Come on. Do we get it? Why do we run from trouble, darkness? We run from the unexpected when it's actually the very thing God is saying, I need you to get closer to this infiltrated. I'll put you second in command. And these people will be influenced these people of darkness of idolatry will be influenced by you second in command first in command being god god chooses the kings whether they are uh, godly kings or not he sets up the times he chooses picks and deposes these kings And he says, I want you to be second in command. Come close, believe. And eventually Joseph, his dream comes true. People are bowing down to him, honoring him in a foreign land, honoring him. And he says in Genesis 41, 51, after his brothers returned to him and when he could be unforgiving and bitter towards his brothers. Instead, he chooses to praise God. And he says, well, he actually doesn't say, he names his children. And now we all know naming something, that's a big deal naming something not just talking about like i did talk about things and shift and change with my my affections trends fats but when you name something that's forever it's hard to change a name and joseph After he has the perspective to see his life, the pain and the glory, he steps back and he has a son. And he names the first son, Manasseh, which means, God has made me forget all my hardships and all my father's house. What a dream, come on. Who doesn't need this? Anyone here need to forget some things. God has made me forget all my pain, all my hardship, and all my father's house. So when Joseph could have blamed, he could have justified throwing his brothers into prison, joining the enemy's ranks. Mm -mm. The mercy of God, the favor of God rests on him. To forgive and I know you're not gonna like this but I'll expand upon it. To forget, forgive and forget. Now come on here. I know we have a world that says, "I you should forgive, but don't ever forget." Ah oh. Now hear me, it's true. The mind, it's not meant to forget. It will remember. But instead of remembering, you reframe and renew. Oh. oh man, the enemy would love for you to forget to reframe all your pain, all the hurt. You forget it by reframing it inside of God. Who takes bad things and makes them good amen this is what he does <sighs> woe to any of us who want out of that system it's how he works when Joseph says God has made me forget The word forget, you're ready for this. It means deprive, deprive, deprive yourself of it. Here's what I see. There are many of us walking around, remembering our pain because we're constantly feeding our pain, dwelling on our pain babying our pain rocking it to sleep waking it up nurturing it growing it when god's saying deprive it stop feeding it stop recognize it yes listen you cannot forget you will not be able to forget forgive reframe and renew your mind without first feeling it. God isn't trying to desensitize you. He wants you sensitive to the Holy Spirit that is not afraid of pain, suffering, fear, anger. Not afraid. He actually says, let's go. The enemy's here. We can take this land. We can take this land. Don't feed the pain. Don't feed the fear. Deprive it. When I deprive something, I'm taking something away. It once had, and now I'm taking it. I'm creating lack and darkness. (laughs) Come on. God has made me forget he's made me step away from the table of my pain to stop feasting on it and start eating his word eating it building it up in me like fats proteins and carbohydrates so when the enemy shows up in fear isolation rejection insecurity shame when he shows up you got to get this you guys i want to get this anybody else say i want to get this holy spirit because a lot of you you keep approaching the land that God said you can have the enemy shows up and you back off is anybody, ready to break free? anybody right I'm done with it this is why our bodies are really they are for us now when we feel the pain but Lord can we say this prayer over us God Create some distance between us and our emotions. God, when the fear, sadness, anger, disappointment, hurt shows up. God, Holy Spirit, we give you permission. Remove the batteries. Kick them out. Like taking a broom and banging that smoke alarm. Holy Spirit, bang it quick. Turn it off. I will deprive it of my energy. I will notice it, and I'll notice that it's here. So Holy Spirit, interrupt us. Cause us to breathe, God. Cause us to breathe. Now I know this. Physiologically speaking, the science is in, the neuroscience is in. When you learn to breathe, when you exercise breath, In a stressful situation it is so violent you guys instead of pulling out the sword of god's word and just starting to slay right away figure out your target right you got a point aim then shoot and we need a moment to breathe that's my husband a police officer They teach him this with a gun. Relax, breathe. If they grab their gun in a spirit of panic, they will do more harm than good. They have to stay calm and breathing. Take a breath before you shoot. Take a breath. Let God make you in that moment. Let God make you deprive, forget, forget that. Stop looking at that, you know what the enemy does? He throws up smoke bombs. So something is said, something happens, and the emotion shows up. And it's like he throws a smoke bomb, a grenade, he throws it away from himself. So then we go crazy, chasing after. Smoke, the feeling, trying to do whatever we have to do to stop the feeling. When what we're actually doing is feeding the feeling. (laughs) So he just throws these distractions, these smoke bombs up. Because if he can do that, it keeps our eyes off of him, the real target, the real troublemaker, the one who uses flesh and blood and everything in this car world to get us to leave our post as second in command forget by depriving it breathing so you guys i confess i fell short of this once again i told you a shipwreck lately. I'm still, I'm junior varsity. Please don't put me in the PhD category. And I'm fine if my lifetime of junior varsity means Christ has to rest on me, his power. I need him. Because otherwise I will turn him into a set of rules, laws, a protocol. I'm not interested in it. I know the enemy would like me to do that because the spirit of religion shows up there. And that's when God, because he's faithful to his promise over himself, to himself, about us, disrupts us again. Says, let's try it again. Peace. I speak peace over you. Clarity, power, love, and a sound mind that God can make you deprive the emotion of all the energy you invest in it. You'll be aware of it, but then it becomes the very thing that you use on the enemy himself. Nothing like making a fool of him. By The very thing he tried to do to destroy us, we turn it around and use it upon him to open shame him. Deprive it. God has made me deprive my hardships. It doesn't mean to stop feeling the pain. Stop feeding the pain. Hear me. Don't stop feeling the pain. That's why you breathe, breathe, right? Anyone get a shot lately? What do they tell you to do? Breathe, just look away, right? Deprive your eyes, breathe. You're gonna feel something, but if you breathe, it won't be as bad. And you'll be able to see, oh, that wasn't so bad. Look at me, not crying on the floor. Stop feeding the pain. Stop the tapes in your mind. You know the, the smoke alarm fires up the tapes, the broken record. Deprive it. That's what forgetting means. Stop feeding it. When the emotion comes, feel it. It keeps you connected to suffering. And according to Romans 8:16 through 17, it's suffering that keeps us as heirs, right? So just repent right now, of thinking you're gonna have a life without pain. Just repent now, it's a lie. <laughs> Look to the cross, Jesus. And Jesus says, you're gonna follow me? You're gonna to have to carry that cross. That cross, it's like the enemy's constantly, that's his aim. He always focuses all of his tactics towards the cross. He hates the cross because it constantly, it teases him. It taunts him because he knows death swallowed up. He knows he's just an illusionary act. He's fleeing, he's fleeting. It's over. So if we're carrying a cross, expect the unexpected. But instead of eating from that fruit of pain instead of eating from the tree of your pain and suffering breathe and god says face me turn your face to me and eat from my tree of life eat the tree of now god says now eat the tree of life remember in the garden jesus Yes, Jesus, God, the Holiness of God, says, remove them from the tree of life. Otherwise, they'll eat from the tree of life and stay in this deprived state, in this state of depravity. And so he removes the tree of life. He removes them from it in the garden. But no more, people. You have the tree of life in you around you, on you. So instead of eating from the tree of your pain, let God make you step away from the table. And now you pull up a chair of his word, which requires faith, stillness. Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. He blows out the candle of my pain vigil and hands me the lighthouse of his promise to me. Eat the fruit, Elisa. Eat the fruit that you have grown in the land of your affliction because this is the next thing. Joseph calls his second son, Ephraim. Remember, he names this. This will last for all time, this name, Ephraim. Which means, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Eat the fruit, Elisa, that you have grown, that I have grown, that together we have grown in the land of your affliction. Come on. Stop eating the fruit of your pain. Go enjoy the Lord. Enjoy him, eat, eat child, eat, be made. God has made me forget all my hardships and all my father's house for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction Everybody repeat this, as breathless as you are, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. For God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. He didn't give you. He didn't move you away from it. He actually said, "Turn around and face it." Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. God has made me forget. God has made me fruitful. God interrupted the game. And he called me to the throne. Stay seated. Elisa, stay seated. Stay seated. Watch. Watch me put the enemy to open shame. Watch me. Hang on, because it's gonna confront all your earthly reasoning. It's gonna confront the way you would do it. I need to be God here, Lisa. Not for your sake, but for the world's sake. Start naming out the fruit in the land of your affliction. The land of my affliction was an unhealthy childhood home. I was lonely, sad, scared, angry, unseen, unheard, unnurtured, not hugged, (laughs) which became the same thing in a marriage. Lonely, scared, sad, angry, unheard, unnurtured, not hugged. But Isaiah 54 holds my promise, (laughs) telling me I'm right where God wants me, because great will be the children of the desolate woman. Great will be the children of those who dwell, who have lived in the land of affliction. We dwell in Christ but our land of affliction turns into a harvest, right? I love, I'm gonna paraphrase this. By the way, we are cooling down. It's Graham Cook who says, the greatest vengeance we can have against the enemy is when we free others from the bondage that we have been in, right? That's vengeance. Cause there are others who are in this land of affliction. The land of affliction where they don't feel like they're enough. Where they feel neglected, abused, oversee under, undervalued, unseen. <laughs> right? I mean, there's a lot of people in this modern day that feel this. So they reach for Facebook, they reach for their phones to try and make a hit, to hit that place of need, belonging, purpose. When it's just, they're continuing to feed the depravity of their soul. And God says, step away from the pain by feeling it. Feel it, but don't feed it. Don't feed it. This is why fasting is really good for us whether it's a technology fast, food fast, a habit fast, fasting to discipline, to keep us living and eating the fruit in the land of our affliction. I need you all to get this. Stop trying to relocate. Stop trying to move away from it. You're actually called to set up. (laughs) <laughs> set up a city in once was a barren land that people can come and get resources in your land that people can get whatever it is they need that you're a safe house in a land of affliction that's what we're asking for so what fruit has come from your affliction? Right? So I encourage you, maybe stop now, or later. List out your lands of affliction. Again, wine was my childhood. It was lonely. It was, it was all, I had to sit in the affliction of it. Those hurt. Those are were, those were places that hurt, God. Rejection, relationship rejection. I just had to sit and feel the affliction. Then I needed to list out some of the fruit that's come from my affliction. And here's some of mine. I'm no longer a slave to fear or to my emotions. Now, there are moments. (laughs) I'm still like JV, like I said. But I'm aware quickly. I got swept swept off again. I got taken captive again by my emotions. And part of this, you guys, I'll just kind of... A little bit is cultural for me i come from a hispanic family where you emote first think later so i'm rewriting the story for the hispanic people of god that we can have we are good design we're passionate we got feelings it's amazing but i have to deprive them of just enough so i can get a good perspective so that I can shoot the target. So I can fire at the target. Because I'm, I'm entering the land of my enemy. When the fear shows up. And I want that land. If I don't take it, who will? God keeps offering it to me. And saying, here's another scary moment, Elisa. Here's another one. Take the land. Take the land. I don't idolize my marriage anymore. I used to. I have, I have had fun beating the heads of the lions and bears with my sweat and song. This this has been really fun. My children know what I never knew. They know godly truth. They know reasoning. They know things I never knew because of the land of affliction. They're the fruit of my land of affliction. My marriage is being redeemed. That's fruit. I wrote a book. Uh, Remember, I'm the girl who cheated in high school English. (laughs) I wrote a book. That's funny fruit. And actually, I'm called to write more, and I'm writing right now. And I love it. And I hate it. And I love it. Because every time I do it, I enter the land of the enemy. Because he tells me, you can't do that. Remember, you're the girl who cheated. So every time I write, I have to confront the enemy every single time. So you can pray for me. But maybe that'll be how it is for my whole life. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it if it means I get more God. And finally, the fruit that comes from the land of affliction, I have seen healing. I have seen healing, like crazy healing. So God, Manasseh and Ephraim. We say Manasseh and Ephraim. Everyone say it, Manasseh. The Lord has caused me to forget all my hardships and all my father's household. Ephraim. For God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction God, thank you that you won't give up on us anytime soon, ever. Thank you, God. Thank you. Do the work that we cannot do. And give us the courage to do what we can. We love you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Show Call me from the grave. Show me how to walk with you upon the waves and breathe into my spirit. Breathe into my veins.